1: We are live in the lobby of the beautiful Fitzpatrick's Hotel, uh, the Manhattan Hotel. Uh, What did they say about New York so good? The city, they named it twice. I mean, there's two Fitzpatrick's hotels, so that tells you something about them as well. Terry Sheridan is with me uh, here in the lobby, the news director with WSHU uh, Public Radio. Um, Terry, uh, you're welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much, Karen. It
1: is uh, great to see you in person. So Uh many of our listeners are so used to your voice uh, 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 on News Talk down through the years, so it's great to see you. Um, On Donald Trump, how significant... this development?
0: I mean, it's significant. I think it's the first drop or the first step in a whole series of legal problems that he's going to face. Obviously, this is probably, while it's serious, it is a felony charge. On the scale of one to 10, it's probably about a three. He faces more serious charges in Georgia. He faces serious charges uh, in the investigation of the uh, January 6th insurrection and also the Mar-a-Lago classified documents, as well as a legal lawsuit claiming that he raped a woman back in the 1990s. So this is the first case. It's not necessarily the strongest, but it's the first in what could be a series of indictments and legal problems.
1: Okay, so when you say it's not necessarily the strongest, in what way do you mean that? One the gentlemen we heard from there that this is kind of a minor thing that's getting blown
0: up. Is that the accusation? No, it's not a minor thing. It is a very serious crime, but it's a very distinct legal... I guess, thread that they're trying to make. Mm. One is that the payment in the books, in the business books of the Trump Organization, was covered up, so it was reported falsely. The Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, is trying to say, well, because of this crime, there is another crime that was committed, and that was in relation to the campaign financing, that this was an in-kind donation by either the Trump Organization or by Michael Cohen. That makes it a felony but that's a very thin lane to prove legally in court. So what's the
1: choreography? I mentioned the possible arraignment on Tuesday they're talking about. Remind us why it's not happening sooner and what's likely to how it's all likely to play out over the next few days.
0: It's not out of the ordinary when you have a high-level person who's been um, uh, either charged or has been indicted by a grand jury. To negotiate with the prosecutors when they're going to show up and be arraigned. Usually it's done so that to avoid publicity as or as much as you can. In this case, the president, the former president, is trying to drum up as much publicity. So he was offered to do it today. He turned it down, according to his spokespeople, because he wanted more time to prepare, which would be on Tuesday. Now there's talk that when he gets his mugshot taken, there are already plans to make t-shirts of the mugshot for his supporters, because he's looking to raise money and sympathy off of this indictment. So does he, uh,
1: uh, talk us through this, and these might seem like silly questions, uh, uh, but bear with me. I'm I'm, I'm no stranger to silly questions. Um, He turns up where in New York City, and 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 does he he step out of a car and get uh,
0: handcuffed? What happens? Well, normally. He would walk in the front door of 100 Center Street. If you watch, uh, do you have uh, the TV show Law and Order? Oh, by God, we did. All right, then you doom, know the. Doom. Exactly. You know that building very well. So he would show up at the front door of that building, walk to the back of the building, and there's the arraignment court. Okay. He after Once he was there, I mean, he would turn himself in, he would be processed, as they say. So he would, that's where he would take the fingerprints, that's where he'd get his mugshot, that's where perhaps he would get a DNA swab. And he would be brought into the court to face the judge for the arraignment. We don't know whether he'll be handcuffed or not. We don't know whether he'll be handcuffed with his hands in front of him or behind him, you know, like many prisoners do. When he is arraigned, he will not go to jail. Okay. In the state of New York, if you're, if you're charged with a nonviolent felony, the judge will just release you on your own recognizance. So he will not spend any time in jail. So the only time he will spend in the courthouse on Tuesday or whatever day it happens is just to be processed and to be brought before a judge.
1: And then I assume there's kind of of, process of discovery between different legal teams, how soon might we see a trial?
0: Who knows? It is his right as a defendant to almost take as much time, reasonable amount of time to prepare his case. So I would be shocked if we see a trial before the end of the year from his point of view again if he wants to keep this going raise money off rile up his supporters could very well go into next year and into the actual election cycle this suits him do you think this particular case Mm. does because again it's something that if you you see what's on twitter you were saying you were watching fox you know they're all his supporters are all this is it we're we're going to fight we're going to stand behind the man it's also, to a degree, neutralized his big opponent, you know, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, you know, because now everyone in the Republican Party is behind Trump.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because I noticed as well Ron DeSantis' uh, statement that he released last night about this managed remarkably not to refer to Donald Trump once in the entire statement.
0: It didn't refer to Trump at all. And the other thing, and this is what Trump supporters are going at, yes, it's a brave thing to say we will not cooperate with any extradition Uh, uh, process. One, he doesn't really have any math. It's in the Constitution that you have to do it. (laughs) And two, he said it after Trump said he was going to turn himself in. All right. Well, so,
1: listen, you, you mentioned then the rallying of the troops within the Republican Party. I mean... Are there any exceptions to that? Because we have seen kind of support waver and wobble. And, you know, after January 6th, there's been plenty, including his own vice president, uh, you know, who are critical of that. There is not unanimity in the Republican Party around the kind of the election steal rhetoric that we hear from Donald Trump. You know, and there's been, I guess, a growing sense from January 6th onwards through the election and up to now that some in the party are just getting sick of him, even people who would be on the same ideological basis.
0: The mainstream party, or it used to be mainstream Republicans, yes, are sick of him. And you you can see that if you follow them on Twitter, the statements that they make on the various TV shows. But his support, you know, the the, the MAGA people, maybe 25%, 30% of the Republican Party, but they are the base. So anybody who is running... For president for the nomination needs to somehow either capture that base or not make them angry that they would actively go and when I say go after I don't mean in a violent way actively go after any candidate so right now we just have um, Nikki Haley former uh, South Carolina governor she's the only one who's declared DeSantis is running a shadow campaign right now. Mm. We have Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey. We have Mike Pence, the former vice president, a few others who are making noises about running. The problem is, do they split that anti-Trump vote? Mm. The
1: Democratic Party reaction, though, is uh, is as expected, I take it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're saying no one is above the law uh that Donald Trump has flouted the law and and every almost everything over the past 7 8 years those of us here in New York know that it's the past 40 years that you know he just behaves the way he wants to behave but they're not coming I don't think they're coming down too hard on this case I think the democrat and this is my opinion mm-hmm. I think the democrats are waiting for the bigger cases the Georgia find me 11,000 votes the Um, documents, the classified documents at Mor-a-Lago and anything related to the insurrection. Okay,
1: that is interesting. Well, listen, we're going to have plenty more coverage uh, between now and 7 o'clock of the fallout uh, to this indictment. Uh, We're coming to you live, if you're just tuning in, from New York City. You can hear the background. We are in the lobby of the beautiful Fitzpatrick Hotel, but Terry Sheridan uh, while I have you, I mean, I, I describe New York as one of the great cities of the world. I mean, it's, it's something of a city-state uh, to a degree, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it, it lives and breathes on, on, on its own, and I want to get a sense of kind of the issues that matter to people here. So, what, what, what is it that keeps New Yorkers awake at night?
0: Um, housing. Okay. New York has become a very unaffordable city, um, whether you live in Manhattan, whether you live in Brooklyn the gentrification that is happening in parts of Brooklyn and parts of Queens has just driven rents and the price of buying a house up. So many people are being forced out because if you're young and you're just out of college, and I think you have the same problem, you know, over in Ireland, you can't afford to live anywhere. So you either have to live in dicey neighborhoods Hmm. or you have to join together with maybe, you know, when I was first out of school, yeah, two other guys and Maybe you have to have five people, mm. you know, sharing what would be an apartment. Um, crime now, crime has gone up over the past three years uh, okay. since the pandemic, but it is still near record level lows. So when people talk about, well, we're going back to the bad old days, no, there's no way we're going back to the bad old days, and this is not the bad old days. You know, I lived through them. Um, this is worse than it was five years ago.
1: And is it, is it, is it kind of, is it low-level crime? Is it organized crime? What, what are we talking about when low we say Low-level crime?
0: crime, quality of life crimes, you okay. know, uh, being accosted on the street, you know, uh, you're hearing about problems in the subway. Yeah. So yeah, that's all gone up. And there is the perception that it's getting more dangerous. But in reality, yes it is, I'm not denying mm-hmm. that. But is it the bad old days? No. Homelessness is also a problem.
1: I was going to ask, I was, I was, going to, I was about to ask you, is there, is there kind of a cross section here between the first thing you talked about, housing, the second thing, crime, and, and another issue that we've heard mention of since we've been in the States, and it's fentanyl and other drug use? Uh,
0: the opioid uh, pandemic hit this area about five years ago. So mm. it's not really anything new. It's still bad, don't get me wrong, but it's not anything new. It's, it's that the other parts of the country are perhaps experiencing it for the first time much of the homeless that we see on the streets in New York now are people who should who who have uh, mental issues you know they should they would have been you know uh, getting help before the pandemic so mm. they're on the streets they're talking to themselves they're they're panhandling in an aggressive way they're bothering people on the subway so we're getting you're hearing more stories about people being attacked on the subways okay. you know on the subway platforms So that is definitely. It happened
1: to me this morning. Sorry, I'm not suggesting I was attacked, but you know, a guy came up and he was kind of shouting at me. Uh, 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 he'd fit the description you, 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 you use there. And um, it was quite obvious he was having a conversation with me in his head, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he was responding to things I wasn't saying, you know. So I, I, I was only out in the streets for a few minutes, and I, a little flavor of, of the type of thing you're yeah, talking well, about.
0: well, even, ta- even taking the subway here this morning, um, there was someone on the subway platform, and I looked at him, and I'm like, N- there's no way I'm going to walk in front of him. Okay. You know, I've been doing this for all my life. Yeah. And it was like, no, there's no way I'm going to walk in front of him.
1: Still a great city,
0: though. Oh, it's an absolute! It's the best city. It's constantly reinventing itself. Yeah. It's grimy. It's dirty. It's smelly, and you're not even here in the summer. But it's <laughs> great. There's no other place I'd rather be.
1: Terry, listen, it's an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much uh, for joining us here in our studios in the Fitzpatrick uh, Manhattan Hotel in downtown New York. Terry Sheridan, a news director from WSHU, uh, like I say, an absolute Terry. Ter- Terry, pleasure. An absolute pleasure, Terry. My middle name. Thank,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from 4. On News Talk.